Welcome to the Sean Pepper Podcast, where we explore the daily habits and routines of experts in a variety of fields and disciplines. Conversations here focus on digestible and actionable information people can use in their professional and personal lives, while exploring what it means to be human at work, at home, and online. Today on the podcast, we have Quincy and Megan. Quincy is 33 and has managed luxury health clubs, large department stores, and was a co-founder of a startup at the age of 24. Uh, He's now a partner of a full-service digital marketing agency called The Branded. Megan launched her first startup, Strong Body Apparel, at the age of 25. She raised over $500,000 in seed money and grew sales to a few million dollars. She's been featured on Dragon's Den, Woman Running Magazine, and is now 33 years old and also a partner at The Branded Agency. Quincy and Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Glad to have you. For those people listening, can you explain how you ended up here? I mean, on this podcast and now running a digital company as a couple? Sure. It's kind of a long story. Sure. Um, We'll make it as brief as possible. No problem. We got time. Basically, our entrepreneurial journey started in 2012. We were out having brunch one day on a Saturday and we started spitballing some ideas on you know, what types of businesses we should start. And somehow that conversation ended up going into the direction of, hey, we should start an active work company, not knowing what that meant or what that entailed or what that would even look like. <laughs> it seemed like a great idea at the time. So basically two weeks later, I came home from work and there was fabric like scattered throughout our entire living room and drawing <laughs> all kinds but- of stuff. And I said to Megan, I'm like, what is going on? She's like, Oh, I'm starting that company we talked about two weeks ago. I'm like, really? Yeah, we talked about like so many different ideas in the past. But for some reason, this one I was, I just took it and went with it. Even though in the beginning, I literally didn't even know how a t-shirt was made. I thought like, does a machine make this? Like, what are the steps? Like, I had no idea. So it took a lot of time researching. And at the time, I mean, we were living paycheck to paycheck and we didn't have a vehicle or anything. I rented, remember those car to goes? I don't know if they are still I, I love those. I use those yeah. consistently in Vancouver. I actually never owned a vehicle in Vancouver. I think that's fantastic. They went away, didn't they? I don't know. They, I, I haven't seen them around. Yeah, yeah they're fantastic seen. unless you have to go out to Delta on the freeway. Like everybody who drove those knew that it wasn't their car when they drove them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You like hit the gas and then it like delays about a second before it actually like go. <laughs> they exactly. I was trying to fit these like, 10 foot rolls of fabric into the back of these car to goes and just like, I had no idea what I was doing, but I mean, it took, I think like two years until we really kind of like felt comfortable, felt comfortable and had traction. And I felt comfortable knowing what I was doing, taking the product from like conception through development and then production. So it was quite the learning curve, but I mean, there's no better school than real life. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where, that's kind of where it started. And we managed to get the product into a few different local shops in Vancouver. The sell through was decent. We ended up running two successful Kickstarter campaigns. The first one we did on a $500 budget and edited the film herself. If you Google strong body apparel Kickstarter, you'll, uh, you'll see what that looks like. So we raised, we raised $24,000 on that one. And then our second Kickstarter, the Gastown jacket, we raised, uh, just, under a hundred thousand, I think it was like 99,800 or something like that. So that was a huge stepping stone for us. And then it was about a year later that we applied for Dragon's Den season 12. 
And I guess our audition went really well because we got a call back when we were on vacation in Hawaii. We just saw they were doing like a casting call in Vancouver and it's when we lived in Squamish. So we're like, oh, let's just go and like, we'll decide when we get there if we actually want to do this. So we drove down and then we just like kind of like pitched your idea to basically it's in a ballroom in a hotel. It's nothing fancy. Just a few of the producers. Is it kind of speed dating or? <laughs> not, really, like where, not really. It, not really. Or is it just one? Gr- it's it's. Or is it just like one panel and then you're? Yeah. You know, no, there's actually multiple producers scattered throughout the room, so okay. it's luck of the draw which producer you end up getting paired with. But it's interesting when you first walk in, it seems a room with a bunch of misfits. There's all these weird. <laughs> there's all these weirdos with weird inventions, giant toilets, and weird electrical gadgets, and you're like, "What the heck?" And you're standing there with nothing—a strong body booklet and a pair of strong body underwear—and you're like, "Okay, here we go." Yeah, there was people there that had said, "Oh yeah, we've a audition every year and we still haven't got it so we were just like oh, let's see what happens go and do it and so we did our pitch and they were super receptive they were loving it with that said though we did practice the night before i was manifesting the heck out of this i really hey, so, wanted it to happen <laughs> so we're talking about manifestation how, how do you do that how do you guys do you guys do that together do you do it separately how does that work I guess we we have a lot of strategies that are similar, but at the same time, slightly different. Okay. But I noticed that when Megan and I manifest the same things, they happen. Like right now we have our new business, The Branded Digital Marketing Agency. And if there's a client I want, but she doesn't want the client, we end up not getting the client. But right. if we both want the client, then it ends up coming to fruition. So, and yeah, so how do we do that? Basically, we associate a specific positive feeling with the end result of uh, achieving that goal. And then from there, I don't know about you, Megan, but I kind of close my eyes and I don't know why I always imagine myself winning the lottery one day and I can specifically (laughs) see myself holding a check for $16.5 million, a very specific amount and getting a picture taken at the lotto office. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a visualization technique. I don't know if everybody does that though. I've won, I've actually won a lot of things, Sean. I've won a ten thousand dollar travel trip before, and at my old work, I used to win the monthly prizes every single time. I don't even know how many it's GoPros true. He I've does won. Win everything. I win a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> I I'm a big proponent of that as well of the vis- visualization. I actually used to do it a lot actually before when I was by myself and in my relationship, I haven't done it as much. And it's something that we're actually trying to circle back to right now is, is creating these five year goals and, you know, practicing, I mean, I meditate, but the visualization, I used to have these giant visualization boards. I mean, I do have still lots of visualization boards, but they're all on Pinterest, but it is a fantastic way to kind of think about your life and then be able to get through the day-to-day grind that is, you know, eventually going to take you to the position you want to go. Right. Is there anything big that you visualize that happened? So I can, yeah, I mean, it's not about me per se, but I'll, I'll, I'll have, I'll, I'll I'll give you guys a quick two minute story. I read the millionaire mind, I believe Harvey Ecker. So I, I was part of a, um, a, uh, multi-level marketing company called Shackley. This was back like a long time ago, 18, I think. And one of the exercises was write a letter to yourself in 10 years. And I went, you know, whatever, we'll do it. And, and then it, it said, and then go and review it at the time. And I remember the specific moment talking about visual, visualization. I remember the specific moment when I was walking on the beach down in Brazil. Whoa, this is exactly what 
<laughs> I wanted. This is crazy. This is exactly how I pictured it. This is exactly like what I envisioned. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it, but it was exactly that moment. And it was, it was interesting because it was kind of bittersweet. In one way, it was exactly what I wanted. But in another way, at the time, we had just had our daughter and all I wanted to do was go back to Canada. So it, it was kind of ironic that I had, I had you know, visualized this thing and it was so ingrained in me. I wanted to have financial freedom and be walking down on a beach and not have to work. And essentially, I could have been in that position being in Brazil. But then, you know what? I don't feel comfortable raising a daughter here. And so that was, it was, it was a very weird situation for me, but yeah. Yeah, it is very cool. It's very it cool. Does very give you goose, it does give you goosebumps when yeah. stuff like that happens. You're like, okay. And once you realize that you have the power to control your destiny, it's a yes. game changer because yes. literally there's no restrictions. It's like whatever you want in your life, just create it. What Megan, how did you get that drive or that kind of sense of experimentation? Like to be able to take risks, how did your parents instill that in you? You know, I really don't think my parents did instill that in me. And it took me a really long time and I'm still working on that to get to that stage. And for me, it was, I was having a lot of self-reflection at the time. I was really unhappy Mm -hmm. and I just knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what that was. Sure. But I was just so unhappy thinking about living a normal life just yeah. under fluorescent lighting. To me, is if you like that, all the power to you. I am 100% I support that. But for me, I just did not want that for myself. And so how do I create this life where I can do things that are fun, something different every day? And so at the time for me, I, I actually read my first self-help type book, which was <laughs> Tony Robbins, The Awake the Giant Within. There you go. Good one. Which, which, to be honest with you, I've never actually read the thing front to back, but it really was the key for me to start that. It made me realize, you know, my choices are what are, are what shape my life. And if I want something, I just have to make the decision. Yes. So I kind of just started making a decision each day to do something really small. I didn't know how to make a t-shirt, but I was like, okay, what's the first thing I need to learn? Like, okay, I need to find like some fabric probably. And then I'm like, okay, like how do I make a pattern? So I just like would Google it and I would spend like so much time like watching YouTube videos and reading things online and just trying to figure it out. Yeah. So it was just, it's, I mean, like to me, that is like another way of manifesting, but it's, Absolutely. I I think so. Yeah. It's a more practical way, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, it was just, yeah, like one little step at a time. And eventually like when you look back, like one little step made a really big difference. So it was like, Oh, like these little steps do add up. Absolutely. I, I I completely agree with that. Yeah. These small things, if we make it insurmountable and some people are, I mean, I find this with me and my wife, some people are big picture thinkers and they need to work backwards from that. And some people are really good at the day-to-day micro stuff and, and both will result in the end kind of results. However, there's multiple ways up a mountain, but some people just approach the problem differently. That's, that's been an interesting thing for me to understand because my wife's very much like you. She'll just say, okay, well, we're just going to start doing it. And I'm like, well, what, what about the plan? What, what's going to be in one year? What is it going to be in five years? What is it going to be in three years? And she's like, well, it doesn't matter if we don't start. So let's start. So <laughs> I can totally appreciate what you're saying. And she's really helped me with that of like, let's just get started. Let's just go. And that's part of the reason why I just went with the podcast. Cause I was just like, 
yeah, like I know nothing about this. Let's go. But you just have to learn as you go. Like your first one's not going to be the best one you ever made. Exactly. Before I met her, I was kind of always self-critical and I would, you know, try to figure out how is this going to be perfect? I'd want to be a professional, you know, audio engineer before I even started the podcast. And I would do all this research and, you know, you can't, you can't do that. Like there's just not, you won't get anything done. Exactly. (laughs) I start, I actually started that. I spent like months trying to just like make a business plan. And then I realized I don't know any of this information because I've never done it before. That's right. I kind of have to start figuring it out and then I can go back and like figure it out later. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So as a, as a, as a couple, I, I mean, I kind of alluded this in the last question, but as a couple, how does that work in terms of setting a life path? When you, when you're entrepreneurs, you get to control your time. How do you guys, how do you guys balance that with each other? Well, we don't have like clear separations of at home life and work life. We kind of blend the two, but yeah. I think it's okay for us because we tend to only work on passion projects. We've had, we've had people that have wanted to work with our agency And we've actually turned them down simply because it wasn't a project that we were interested in working on, you know, so we'll be out for a walk or a hike or something like that. And we have no problem talking about the project or talking about work. It's never really been a problem for us, even like in the past with strong body. We plan like six months out, I'd say. We have a bit like our big goal is to, you know, travel and kind of like work remotely I think that's very popular right now, by the way. I think a lot of people are striving (laughs) for that. So that's interesting. How do you guys, how do you guys think about doing that? Well, we've already started. So part of that was owning a digital marketing agency is you can work remotely from anywhere in the world. Um, You know, it doesn't really matter if you're based in Canada, working with Canadian companies. One of our clients right now is from LA and we've never met her in person. So it's all, it's been all zoom calls and that sort of thing. So, of course. uh, So yeah, I think that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about running an agency is it definitely, is in alignment with our long-term goals. And then in addition to that, we're actually starting a uh, travel blog right now called Escape the Ordinary. I have and seen this. So I, 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 lo- I love this. And if the photos and stuff that you take are, are, are beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've loved following that on Instagram. Wait till you see the blog that Megan's building right now. It's <laughs> absolutely amazing. But we're definitely doing it with like uh, SEO strategy and you know, taking the time to use the right SEO tools and creating long form content that's actually going to be helpful to yeah. people and planning their trips and that sort of thing. So it's inspirational because of all the photos, but it's also gives them value. It's as well. very different. Like when we first started traveling, Quinn started making travel videos, which is more just yeah. for our memory. Yeah, Whereas this is actually created for people who are looking to plan a trip or I want to find information. It's very informational versus it's not about us at all. It's not about our story or our travels. We'll have our recommendations, but it's just more, much more factual. And that is for us is kind of my passion project right now that I started because of COVID. Yes. There was lots of time, but of course, also it's like kind of an odd time to start, start something like this, obviously with what's happening to the industry. Sure. But but it kind of puts you in a good mood looking yeah. back at the old travel photos <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing. But coming back to how this is in alignment with our long-term goals is we're building out. This is going to be like, in my mind, I think this is going to be a really big thing. Wait till you see it, Sean. But we're going to monetize it. So obviously you have uh, your partnership with Google AdSense, which you make ad revenue through that. But we're putting together a full media kit. So we want to get, you know, like brand partnerships and sponsorships Sure. Uh, and that sort of thing. So that's the goal with that. And then you got the agency going as well. So we're kind of doubling down and we're mm-hmm. operating 
two businesses that are very different, but at the yep. same time, they're in alignment with our long-term goals. They require a lot of the same skills. Like- yes. So all this is a passion business, but there's still some things that you like and dislike. So maybe we'll start with Quincy first. What do you hate about your job and how did you overcome this? For instance, for me, it's editing. I hate it. It's so boring, but it's required or else this wouldn't sound so nice. Yeah, I'm really taking charge of just building out the partnerships with new businesses and companies. And I'm finding because our focus is in helping small businesses Mm -hmm. with their digital marketing needs and branding needs and all that fun stuff. But one of the difficult things with working with small businesses is they tend to be fairly disorganized and they don't really know what they want and they don't know what their brand identity is. And like just recently, a company actually told us, hey, we want all these things and we went and gave it to them. And then they came back and they said, actually, we changed our mind. We actually want to go in this direction now. And I think Mm -hmm. that's just one of the pain points with working with small companies, because again, we've started our own small business, so we totally get it. So we've put together like different workbooks and worksheets that'll kind of guide businesses down a specific line of questioning that's going to help them like uncover their brand identity and, and all this stuff. It's a challenge, but at the same time, we still love it. It's allowing us to live our best life. So yeah, for sure. And, and is there anything that you would say, Megan, that is something that is difficult for you to do? Or do you guys just delegate something that you don't like to do is kind of what Quincy does and something, things that Quincy doesn't like to do, you kind of do or. Yeah. I mean, right now, cause this is a new business we're doing most of the stuff ourselves. There are some things yep. like with Strongbody, for example, I absolutely hated the counting side. Right. Um, I hate it. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and it, but it's such an important part of your business. Very important. Watching that. So I think like with this business, especially, I'm like, okay, we've got to make sure we're on top of this so we don't get behind because that's where the problems start. So I think mm-hmm. for me, like making sure you always have someone that you can kind of go to and they can, they're with it enough that it's like, they can take it and actually accomplish the task on their own and not have to have their hand held the whole time. Yes. That's a really hard thing is creating the systematic structure for, for you to then delegate that to somebody else and trying to make it so that they're competent, like, well, hoping that that person's competent enough to take that on and, and be self self sufficient. Exactly. And yeah. 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 And actually doing a better job than you could do yourself. And having the knowledge, knowing more than you and having the knowledge and actually implementing the knowledge and not doing the bare minimum, which I find with accounting and like bookkeeping is Mm -hmm. seems to be a very big struggle to find the right person. We've had a lot of bookkeepers (laughs) and it seems everyone's got a unique way of rectifying the books. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's That's what I dislike the most, but finding the right person and working with them to develop a system that works for both of you that you both understand, I think is the solution. Yeah, for sure. And then what do you love about your job? We'll go with with you first, Megan, and then Quincy. Right now, I just love the creativity. Every day I get just to sit down in my own house, be super creative, come up with all sorts of different ideas. I love the process of helping businesses with like the ideas and strategy, especially in the beginning. It's really exciting. Yeah, I've like always loved that. Mm-hmm. And also with our past experience, we have a lot of really creative and kind of hacker ways of competing with the big guys, but yeah. with, with like no budget. So I find that really exciting. And I, I really like that on a day to day. Cool. And Quincy yourself. 
Yeah, just to Megan's point, like I also agree because we were always the underdogs in our industry at Strong Buddy Apparel. We just accumulated so much like hackery tactics, you know, taking like a $500 ad spend budget and, you know, reaping $24,000 in sales. Like there's not too many companies out there that can do that. I mean, the big guys can, but small ones, not so much. So it's nice being able to help small businesses. And there's so many small businesses that we're running into that unfortunately haven't had positive experiences working with agencies and that sort right. of thing. So, you know, I, we're, again, I'm not, we're, we're very picky with who we work with because we want to make sure that if we work with a business that we can actually have an impact in their lives, that's super important to us. We want the companies to be successful. So yeah, I, I think we just, I get a ton of pleasure out of helping small businesses because I've been there and I know how difficult it is. So I would say that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. As a small business, there's not usually a lot of people that are willing to help you. Like there's not actually a lot of agencies for people that have a $2,000 budget. Um, And if they do, it's kind of just like a one-off thing where people don't actually have Mm -hmm. the knowledge and it's not actually helping the business. I mean, we went through that a million times and. Oh, the amount of money we wasted in strong buddy apparel through hiring the wrong people that just don't care about your success. It's, yeah. it's incredible. So is, is there any way that you have now learned from that to stack the deck? And what I mean by that is like, ensure that that person is invested in like, it's a win-win partnership. Like how, how have you taken that? Like the lessons from that? And like, like, I'll give you an example. Like if I was to that business I was just talking about, I would then pay somebody a certain amount for the amount of clients that they would, they would measure that day, for instance, so that I know that they're motivated to actually like try and get more clients at the gym space. Yeah. We've had Um, people approach us with that business model. We haven't taken that on. We're definitely committed, but at the end of the day, like we need certain guarantees in place. Like we do not work for free (laughs) because at the end of the, even if I believe in a project, you know, there might be certain things that can come up like that you can't predict and that yeah. are going to prevent it from being successful. Like that's just the nature of business, right? Yeah. It's um, the, unfortunate, the, the unfortunate part of having to like get into contract law and things, right? Yes. But with that being said, like ultimately at the end of the day, like we understand if we don't make you money, then you can't work with us long-term. So our goal is to put things in place that are going to make businesses money. And if it's, if they want to do something and we're like, Hey, like what is your monthly budget? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's the best way you should spend your marketing budget. You know, we're going to be transparent and honest with them about that and try and shift it into, you know, another area that's going to have a return. That's awesome. So you guys travel a lot. You said, I mean, you mentioned we were just talking about South America and, and your, the other project that you're working on where you're traveling, you were, tra- when you were traveling around the world, how, how do you insert fun into your life now? Like, you know, you, before coronavirus, there was all this like adventure and stuff. And the reason I'm asking this is because I, as an international school teacher experienced the same thing. Like now I'm in one environment, the like, fact of getting on a plane and going to like this, you know, beautiful jet setting place and being able to do so cheaply. Like when I was working in China, everything was such a cheap flight. I could go to Bali. I could, you know, (laughs) it was so nice. And then now you're kind of fixed into one location post COVID. Like what's, what's that look like for you guys? Like, how do you guys get that? Like, obviously physical and health activity right outside, but how, how are you guys finding that? I mean, that's why when we came home, we chose to move to Whistler. Good, good, um, good call, for sure. Yeah, we wanted to be like in nature. We wanted to be able to have 
like fresh air and activities we could still do in our own backyard. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is tricky post COVID, especially like Whistler, when we first got here, it was really quiet and we could go and we could take our TRX and do workouts in the park. And we really had like free reign. But now because people are traveling within the province so heavily, it's very, very busy, um, especially during weekends. So we are actually a little bit hesitant to go to a lot of the places we would normally go. Yeah, we go out during the week and the weekends we usually stay in. But yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely like a change of pace. Like we went from, you know, biking death road in Bolivia or <laughs> sandboarding in the Peruvian desert. Sure. Or, you know, just like all kinds of like crazy things around the world. And now, you know, the joy that we get is from like hiking a local mountain. Yesterday, we went out to Nairn Falls and Pemberton and beautiful waterfalls up there. Absolutely amazing. But yeah, I picked up skateboarding again. I, Megan bought me a brand new skateboard. Awesome. Because there's, there's a skate park here in Whistler. And I'm like, Wicked. I felt totally weird, like showing up there with all these, <laughs> with all these little nah, kids. Yeah, no, that's great. Up. I, I, but, uh, I. I, I just hucked a back, like backflip off a cliff this morning because I swim every morning in a lake here. Yeah. And there was all these kids in the swim club and they were like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, old guys still got it. Like I felt yeah. great about it. So yeah, no, that's great. I mean, we, we have to play, right? If we don't play, then we don't be, you know, young at heart. It's, we get old. And so, I mean, it's really, November. it's tricky now though. I mean, it's so different. We're, we are kind of embracing the homebody situation because yep. we were like for so long, it was actually over a year. It was a year exactly that we were essentially um, homeless living out of a suitcase. Right. We sold everything when we went to go traveling. And so like there is something nice about having like some quiet time. But yes. with that said, like okay, we it's been a- get out there <laughs> again. Sure. Sure. And, and, and how do you guys like, do you think that in terms of doing that, you're going to start to like look around BC, like we were talking about solving problems are you going to then like, you know, local discovery for Whistler? Like what's these cool, because actually, to be honest, I, I always, uh, you don't really know about the local spots. The locals do. Right. And it's like, there's so many beautiful places in BC that like a buddy takes me to. And then I'm like, Oh, this is a gem, but it's not on an Instagram ping. Like it's not pinned. It's not. And so there's like attention. Do I share this? Do I keep it? Do I keep it to myself? Ah. (laughs) I know it is tricky. Even when we were in Brazil, there are some places we went that were, just like next level, the kind of places where usually like if you were in Thailand, there'd be 10,000 Instagrammers there. Totally. But in Brazil, it was just us. And you're like, oh my God, this is so <laughs> crazy. Do we like tell people about this or like, does this need to stay a secret? And yeah. it's like the same here. I mean, I know like for us on the Sunshine Coast, like there's some places I would just yes. never want to tell people about. We never want to, but we're not selfish people. You know, we found like secret totally. swimming holes when we were in Hawaii and I made a video about it. Some local people got mad and commented on my YouTube <laughs> video, but hey, like whatever, like people need to know about these places and get out yeah. there and, you know, get yeah. in touch with the wilderness and so on and so forth. But yeah. yeah, we're definitely super motivated to check out, you know, we have six months here in Whistler before we move on to our next destination where we're going next. I don't know, but yeah, we're checking <laughs> out all the trails. Megan's whole thing is every time we go out, she's like, okay, I've walked this before. I want to do something else. And that's how how I am too, Megan. Exactly the same. I want to do something different every time because it changes your perspective. For me, I like the perspective change. I find every time I'm like going by something, I'm able to see something a little bit different or, you know, it, 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 it changes my, the way that my brain sees the world. 
you also really, yeah, you start to like get the lay of the land better as well. Like when we first arrived in Whistler, I didn't really understand like Whistler Village even or like yeah. how that's connected to Creekside. But right. as we like, walked more and more trails, we're like, oh, okay, it's not that complicated. But you have to <laughs> right. get out and, and see it all. For sure. For yeah. sure. What are you guys most grateful for this week? This week? I mean, since we got home, you can't, you can't be Canadian and not be grateful to live here. We're so, so lucky. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just like the fresh air, like it's safe we're I mean the fact that we're given CERB right now is just like so helpful to so many people at such a difficult time around the world so just just being able to look around and seeing that people are still living like relatively normal happy lives I think is like such a such a amazing thing and I mean coronavirus has changed that for everyone so yeah especially in South America I was talking to a student my one of my former students I saw him at the lake this morning as we were finishing our swim and he said that in he's from Ecuador. No, not Ecuador. He's Colombian. And he said that in Colombia right now, like you have one day a week that you're allowed outside the house. And if you violate that, then you're fined something ridiculous, like $2,000 us or something. And he said, so, so like the people are inside and they can't leave and they also can't work. So they don't have money because they're not getting the federal support. Mm-hmm. So exactly. they're like, they're, they're essentially like going short on food. And so it's yeah. like the, it really hasn't been thought out in terms of, in terms of how that's, that's happening. Right. So yeah. I think that's in a lot of, a lot of these countries in like yeah. India and Asia, like, yeah, I'm sure like we don't hear about places in, in Africa or anything. Like it's just such a, it, we're just so lucky that we live here and that we are, able to live like such a great lives and after traveling it made me realize how fortunate we are totally i'll add one thing i'm really really glad for the weather it's been pouring rain all summer (laughs) and a lot of people might hate that but what i love about it is i live in the heart of whistler village so it's definitely been keeping a lot of people away (laughs) which i appreciate because i like it when it's a little bit more quiet but also the forest fires you know normally i wouldn't say normally but like it's been trending in British Columbia and all of Canada that we have like more forest fires every single summer. And yeah. it seems like that's not going to happen this year. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So I'm yeah, happy for the awesome. rain. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You did. You came back to BC for a reason. Exactly. Lots, of rain, lots of rain here. <laughs> Where do you guys go to relax? Like you mentioned that you go on trails and do that, that sort of stuff. Is there like a, any special spots like that you want to out right now that you would go and just hang out or go to relax as a couple or, or individually? Well, normally I would say we're huge foodies and we hit up like a restaurant all the time. What's your favorite, what's your, what's your favorite type of types of food? Mm, well, our favorite place in Whistler is Creek bread. They have the most amazing Pemberton pizza that you'll ever have in your life. It's got potatoes and cheese. Awesome. It's, it's vegetarian, not vegan. Yeah. We're both vegetarian. So I'm, I'm also vegetarian. I was vegan yeah. for a while and I, I became vegetarian. It just became impossible. Yeah, we we've, we've tried it's too, it's it's a little bit tricky. Yeah. You can do it, but It's just a choice. At the end of the it day, is a choice. Yeah, yeah, no, there's nothing against it. I just it just wasn't right for me. Yeah. 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 yeah, we like when we lived in Vancouver, we went would go to Blue Water Cafe for cocktails. We would go There's a place that I don't even know what it's called. There's this place that has amazing gnocchi. It's an appetizer gnocchi and it's yep. on in Yelltown. 
it's like that French marina side i don't know what marina it's called. side or something it's really like that. Good. it's in yaletown but yeah we would go there like on wednesday because they'd had half price bottles of wine and then megan loved the gnocchi so much we'd get like three orders of gnocchi <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. but yeah that's we just awesome. like we like going out to restaurants that's everything. but nowadays it's not the case like we're really outside a lot like we're just mm-hmm. we're hiking and checking out all the different local trails that's kind of like our new thing and i'll hit up the skate park and megan will do a yoga class in the house like that's just, that's the way things are going nowadays. I've actually yeah. also started meditating for the last few months. Awesome. How has that experience been for you? It's been really good. At first, I started with Headspace, just kind yep. of, you know, that introductory course. Of course. And it was really good. And I started realizing, like, oh, like, I actually really like it. Like, it, 10 minutes would go <laughs> by and I would be like, holy, like, how was that 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. And then I would do, it, like, another one. And then I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. I did, like, 40 minutes of meditating. And... Yeah, it's been really good. I've I'm kind of switching it up now. I'm using the app Insight Timer. Yeah, that's what I use. Yeah, so they have they have yep. just music and the timer, but they also have some guided ones. Yep. So I've been doing a little bit of those, which is is It's also free it. too, which yeah. is nice. I like that. Like I mean, I Headspace is great and I'm sure that it serves a function for a lot of people, but being a dad and having other you know, priorities financially. It's just, it wasn't, wasn't one other thing that I wanted to pay for, for a subscription. I completely agree. That's why I only did the introductory because I'm like, okay, I get it. And it is a thing that I think lots of people try to make a lot of money off of, but it really doesn't need to be. No, absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah. Once you have the fundamentals down, you can do it anywhere, anytime. So what I find interesting about your meditating is she can pop like when she has a super severe migraine or headache, she can pop Tylenol after Tylenol and it's still there, but she's been trying meditating lately. And you had a crazy migraine the other day and she Mm -hmm. went and meditated for 20 minutes, came back out and she was like, yeah, my headache's gone. I was like, that's insane. It was, yeah, it was crazy because I get migraines that can last three days and literally like I can't do anything. And I did that and I actually fell asleep doing it. And then I woke up, I was like, Oh my God, like it's gone, which yeah. is just no amount of medicine can. No, we, we, we live in such a hyper-connected turned on world that we don't, even when we're sleeping, we're like, you know, thinking about the next thing. <laughs> oh, 100%. But yeah, meditation has been, I, I could agree too with, with some pains and aches. It's like the only time I'm actually not in pain is when I'm meditating. So it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. Really powerful, for sure. Who are the people that uh, inspire you most in your professions? So, I mean, I guess now being digital marketers, but also before, like, just who are people that inspire you professionally? For me, it's always being people that do what they want to do. Sure. So, I mean, that could be any sort of entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, I always really looked up to female entrepreneurs of course. Uh, for obvious reasons. Yep. But I think that just is there anyone... one that's above, is there one that's above them all? Sorry for interrupting that. Is yeah, there not... one that kind of like put you to the path and be like, Oh, I really like what she's doing. Not really because okay. everybody there's, there's something that everyone has to kind of offer and bring and you can kind of take what you want from their choices and their decisions and you can sure. kind of be like you know like I really respect that and I I want to follow in that footsteps and yeah yeah with that being said though like we like new influencers that we started following in our industry are Neil Patel he's he's had a huge influence in on a lot of our blogging that we've 
uh, started doing and just creating all the content that we've been creating. Uh, and, where, and where would we be able to find Neil Patel? Is just type in Neil Patel and the note, his website will pop up or has yeah, he written any he, books or he's so successful. It's unbelievable. So uh, he's a multimillionaire now, but uh, he's created several SEO tools, which have free versions. He's got Uber suggest, which is kind of like an advanced version of Google keyword planner uh, okay. or SEM rush. It's, it's similar to that, but in my opinion, better okay. subscribers, subscribers, it's called. It's uh, really awesome. It basically sends push notifications to people that have visited your website in the past. So let's say, you know, somebody came to our website today, one week later, they could get hit with a push notification that's like, hey, come back and check out our recent blog post. So it helps increase traffic. So yeah, he's been really good. Brian Dean, Brian Dean's amazing. He's similar to Neil Patel, but just produces less content. And I won't say that he hasn't created any SEO tools because I actually don't know if he has or hasn't but i don't use them but his youtube channel is is really helpful for um for seo for me I, i'm really into seo if you can't tell so i'm following well, a lot of seo guys right? yeah. and just for those people listening seo is search engine optimization so yeah so search engine optimization is essentially how you get onto the front page of google it's also how people are able to find and how google indexes your information. So for instance, when I have this podcast, I then take it and I transcribe the entire podcast and that actually helps people find my podcast and and also use keywords to be able to bring that when people are searching for certain things. So you have to have a strategy nowadays because they said there's something like 600 million websites worldwide or something (laughs) like that. And so if you have that many websites, like just imagine how many blogs are getting posted every single day. So without a strategy, without a method to the madness, you don't send a chance to rank in Google. So I'm doing lots of research on that. But with that said, like something that they both have in common as well as other people that we kind of like look to is they're all helping other people. Yes. So like, yeah, they're providing lots of free content tips, their advice. And that's something that we both, like, I think that we both want to be contributing as well. So Quinn has made so far one YouTube video <laughs> with yeah, but I've written like twelve blog posts. Yeah, so we're like with the brand, and that's something that our goal is to do is to help small businesses. So sure. we're going to be providing tons of free content of all things from like branding, marketing, PR, startup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like we're just looking to people that are like genuinely just offering help to others. Right. That's awesome. And I think that's so important. I think, you you know, in this, uh, you guys have gone through that experience of, of you know, bootstrapping and, and bringing your business and scaling it. And when people are just starting out is one thing and, and the kind of set of problems they're trying to solve is, is one thing. And then as you get more cash flow and you can figure that part of the business out, then you, your problems become different and more on the counting side. You guys are on the computer a lot because, you know, we talked about it, the, the, the business being remote. What digital tools do you use to improve your work? So like, like for instance, I'm talking to you right now on Zoom. We, I'm using Google Docs to look at some of the questions that I, I, I think I'm, might be relevant for our conversation. What are some of the digital tools you guys use? Yeah. So with the branded, we use Slack heavily. We create yep. channels for all of our clients so that we can kind of cut down on emails and have everything transferred through there. And then it's really easy for us to make sure we don't miss anything by sure. each client. Yep. We use Asana for just like tracking projects and tasks. Mm-hmm. Nice plugin for Slack as well. Yeah. <laughs> we also yeah. use Google Docs a lot. Yep. Obviously the entire Adobe suite. 
Yep. So like Illustrator, Photoshop, Lightroom. Yeah. Do you pay for it as a group or do you buy individual pieces or? Yeah. I, I just have like the cl- like whole creative yep. cloud. Yeah. Because yeah, we well. also, we also do audio work and video work and yep. we do all of it. So we pretty much use like a, the majority of Adobe products. Use a lot. Uh, we use Toggle. I don't know if you know Toggle, but. I don't know. It, it's just a way of managing and tracking the time that we're burning with our clients. Um, right. Yeah. That would be important for remote workers. Right. And so yeah. how does that really, how does that work? Sorry. I'll, I just want to spend a minute here maybe. So like you like not toggle, but just how you track that time. So like, cause I'm okay. sure clients must ask that. That must be a pain point for clients, right? Like how do I know you're actually work? Like I would imagine that like, yeah. how do you, how do you show or prove hours for exactly. So basically toggle allows you to put in specific tasks and yep. then you can press the start and stop timer. So let's say we're, I mean, we don't get super, super specific with it unless a client wants to know, like it took two minutes for this photo and two minutes for this. Like <laughs> sure. we, don't, we don't get into that. We kind of just no, of course. press the timer and put in like uh, creative design or UX experience, you know, that sort of thing. And then, and then uh, send them a report uh, weekly is how we do it. Yeah. You can show report. We kind of like round up what has been completed, like yep. with updates um, also because it's time to like the second you can tell, like we're not chunking like a lawyer where it's like fi- you had an email, you're charged 15 minutes or right. something like that. So we charge to the minute to the second really. So it's not really a problem we have because we are very transparent with, of course. Going. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, we're coming from the place of, we want to help businesses. We do charge. I think we charge fairly because you know, we're not overcharging, we're not undercharging, but we're also like, not you know messing around on the client's time because we provide them with like megan said like reports that are oh, down to the very second so of course. you know some people yeah. might you know bill someone for an hour but in that hour they went to the bathroom and then they had a made themselves a smoothie and a coffee yeah. and blah, blah blah like we don't yeah exactly working from home right like that's that's exactly what the type of information i was trying to tease out so thank you for that yeah um, so we're not we're not doing any of that we're very careful with with our time management. Yeah. Um, do, do you guys ever go back and look at the stats for yourself? Like to just figure out how long roughly something's going to take. So like when you're quoting projects and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. I, I see that metric as, as something that would be helpful as well. Right. Yeah. We've already adjusted some of our pricing because yeah. we're actually transparent with our pricing on our website. So people can go on there and see like what we charge for like a super basic website. But yeah, we started out charging one price for basic website. And then after doing a few, we're like, Okay, we need to increase this price because we weren't we weren't accounting for the amount of communication back and forth with the clients. Right. Sure. What content have you created lately that you think would be interesting for you know other p- potential client or somebody to read or engage with in your professional life? We'll start there. Yeah. So the blog posts that we're putting up on the brand, it, I think, would be helpful for anyone that's either looking to start a business or they're just in the early stages of starting their new business. Sure. It, you know, we have basic blog posts up right now of people that you should be following experts in the marketing industry that, you know, really do have a lot of free content out there. That's going to help guide them in the early days. And even, even advanced marketers follow some of these guys as well. And then we have other posts that, you know, will guide them through the basic steps of starting a business from brainstorming ideas that could potentially be profitable businesses to setting up your website domain, um, trademarking, all kinds of valuable information on the branded. So yeah, I encourage people to go and and check it out. We 
do post once a week, sometimes more. So there'll always be something fresh for you to consume. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. And what about personally? Do you, is there anything that you guys have created personally where you're like, hey, this is kind of interesting. I'm just going to throw this up or like something that you've noticed in your like personal life. So for instance, every now and then I like, I don't know, I find a spot and I want to be like, hey, you guys should check this out. Or like I put shelves in my in my cupboard the other day and I was like, look at you double the like cup space. And I was so excited about <laughs> it. Is there any problems that you've been solving and then sharing out with the world in your personal lives? Not really. That's a good question. No, not not really, because we share everything. Yeah, fair <laughs> so enough. So I'm trying to think of something specific. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty transparent. I think like I'm not like all over social media like some people. I don't go to sure. the extent of like I made a peanut butter sandwich. Hey, with a smiley face. Best way to spread peanut butter on your sandwich. <laughs> but I don't know. What about you? Not really. I mean, we've at least for me, like I've been really focused on just building this blog, which is kind of, is more of like my passion project. So yeah, yeah, I've been doing that. I mean, when it launches. Yeah, you haven't shared it yet. Yeah, I haven't, haven't shared it yet. It's a lot. Just like everyone, you know, we'll post our 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 daily pick on Instagram of like yep. a epic hike we did and, you know, yep. and I, hopefully people see that and they're like, oh, I should get out there and, and check out that that trail or that, that mountain. So Sure, yeah, 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 exactly. But no, I don't. I don't build shelves to make extra space. We're we're in an Airbnb <laughs> right now too, so it's like we. Is oh, so not you guys. Our, so you guys did an Airbnb. For, how can you do an Airbnb for six months? Is that yeah. we we actually signed like a lease because yeah, like a short term rental we, lease. Yeah. So yeah, because we sold everything, we didn't want to. And during like COVID, we didn't want to have to go buy furniture and figure everything out. So we well, and we were hoping to get back on the road and travel again soon. So yeah, so we didn't want to commit to anything. So this so, place yeah. is awesome. It's got everything. It's awesome, but it's also like we don't have like all of our cooking stuff or we don't have... Right. We, we literally just packed our suitcases and came here. So we don't yep. have a lot of stuff. I can, definitely relate. I, I can definitely relate to exactly what you're saying. I, yeah. like, uh, like I think everybody that's been an expat or anybody that's <laughs> been a traveling remote worker can appreciate that. When we were traveling, it really made me realize how much happier I was with less stuff. Yes. So like we packed, we each packed a backpack, a little rolly suitcase that you could mm-hmm. like carry on and then one duffel bag and we still didn't even use everything in our duffel bag. And we were packing for like cold weather, like minus 20. We were packing for like Patagonia. We were packing for Caribbean islands. Like yeah, we had our life in We our had suitcase. everything. So yeah. that just goes to show how little you actually use. But I'm also anti-storage unit now because literally <laughs> over the last like seven or eight years, like, <laughs> even when we owned a home, I was renting out a storage unit for like 150 a month. How often I went in that storage unit to get something, I can't even tell you. And yeah. then when we went and traveled the world, we sold everything in our storage unit. Like I was like, what a waste of money. You can buy all this stuff again for $2,000. Yeah, you and your taste will change or yeah. like whatever situation will change. Yeah, that's definitely a good piece of advice. So if you you, you don't get anything else from this podcast, do <laughs> not store your shit because it you is expensive. Sell it. Sell it on Craigslist. Sell it up. Yeah, sell list. it on Craigslist for whatever you can get for it, for sure. Well, and you get you feel like such an emotional attachment to all it's these stupid. possessions. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like yeah. there, there's actually a psychological term for it. Ownership <laughs> bias. You cannot separate with something. Uh, like it's just irrationally in our brain to not but want to Once you it. get rid of it, you your stress levels actually decrease. I don't of know course. why. You have to maintain like, every every piece of object that you bring into your house. You have to then maintain. You have to clean it. You have to repair it. You have yeah. to like put it somewhere. You have to then take it out from somewhere. Like 
it just adds an immense amount of stress. You do have to set some like guidelines and borders though, because it is getting to the point where like, I don't want to buy anything ever. <laughs> like Sean, I do not even have a cell phone contract. I'm on like the pay, the pay by month plan through London drugs <laughs> for $15 a month because yeah. you just, well, you just we, don't need it. When we came yeah. back, because we would buy like a chip in every country. Right, of course. And of course it's so cheap. It's like $20 for unlimited everything in these countries. And then we came back here and we were like, well, we're stuck inside. There's Wi-Fi everywhere. And, and it's $100 a month per cell phone. And you have to sign it to your contract. I'm like, yeah. hey, so literally that's a few thousand dollars a year just it, to have a phone. And you don't call anyone. You just text people these days. So. But or go online and call them. Like there's yeah. there's a, 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 a app called Fongo where you can actually yes. get a yes, physical we have user. That. Right. Yeah, so it's great. We you actually like we because I was so against not getting a phone again. So <laughs> I actually convinced Quinn to get this when we had to go get our dog yeah. in Prince George. So I was like, we need like data so that if we get lost or something happens, we have a phone. So we got this one, and I think it's twelve dollars a month, and it gives us like it still gives you like enough data like if you need to use it when you're out to use it and like you can still phone people i would like people to take back like control and power from these like cell phone companies especially in canada because it's not competitive it would be great if everybody started boycotting cell phone plans and literally just went with the community pay as you go plan because like megan said there's literally wi-fi everywhere and like you said there's apps where you can call people for free there's this thing and whatsapp so if you're listening to this, please cancel your cell phone contract. Nobody in Canada uses WhatsApp, though. It's so weird. It is very bizarre. After being international, everybody yeah. uses WhatsApp and nobody uses it in Canada. Everybody uses yeah. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. This is That's a generalist statement, but uh, many people use iMessage yeah. over WhatsApp. And I don't actually understand it. I actually got so used to using Facebook, like LinkedIn, and all, like based on you know how I wanted to communicate that... People are like, why did you message me on Facebook? Just like, just, just text message me. And I'm like, well, I, right. I can do that. You just get into these habits of using technology in a certain way that you forget that you can actually just text somebody on the number. And like, they've like segregated all these categories. Right. So like Facebook, I'm going to ignore it. And then like text message is like immediate. So then like, I better respond to it. And they've created all these like rules in their heads about communication. It's so true. It is. Yeah. yeah but in like in Brazil, everyone is on WhatsApp. Every single that's right. person. Like oh. every single person. And businesses. It's starting to come now because Facebook's adopted it. Like we just set up our new Escape the Ordinary Facebook page and now you can have a WhatsApp contact button. Oh, so that's new. That. Yeah. 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 Th- there's really not really any. I mean, there's still people holding on that are older than us, our parents and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> they're like... Yeah, the phone. Why this thing? I don't understand. My parents yeah, still like have a landline. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Like, what, what, why? Has the, <laughs> has the landline ringed in the last five years? No. Yeah, my mom too. My, I mean, maybe it's a Sunshine Coast thing. Who knows? It is because they don't have good uh, reception. Okay, is that what it is? All right. I think so. We'll, we'll cut them some slack there then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What would you like your work life to look like in five years? I mean, right now it's difficult to say what global travel looks like in five years but yeah yeah like ultimately if things change and we can travel we definitely enjoy like seeing new places and and getting out there and having new experiences and cultures and meeting people so i'd like to live on a beach somewhere maybe that's hawaii maybe that's 
Los Angeles. I don't know, but I'd like to be on the beach. We we've kind of talked about slow travel. So yeah, good on you. I, I was I was actually going to ask that earlier. The the difference between like you know bouncing and spending time in a, in a location for a long period of time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We kind of did compared to most travelers this yeah. past year. Like we spent three months in Brazil. And most places it was like two weeks here, two weeks here. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean that's not at the end of the day, like in five years, ultimately we would love to do like three months to six months, like per location to really like one, just like get comfortable and relax. And also we want to be working while we travel. So, you know, there's some things that we have to do like over the next couple of years to make that happen. Some things are out of our hands, but other things we just need to continue to grow this agency to a point where we can like hire and trust someone to, manage the business while we travel. I mean, we'll be managing it, but at the same time, like we also want to enjoy our travels. So that would be one part of it. And then continue to grow our blog, Escape the Ordinary. And who knows? I mean, I feel like every year we go through some type of like change or come up with some idea. Yeah. And And that's just growing, right? That's life. That's, that's how, that's how that works for sure. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, how do you plan your day? Like being a remote worker, what what does that look like for you guys? Uh, I mean, I know this is kind of but what, what does it look like? Do you guys like say, okay, today I'm going to do traveling and then the next day I'm going to uh, do all of our work and calls or do you say in the morning we're going to do all of our work and then the afternoon, like how do, how do you guys have a routine or structure or system, a systematic process that you're carrying with you for, for through all these different countries? Yeah, I mean, now that we're in one location, we definitely do. When we were yep. traveling, it was kind of like, okay, tomorrow we have to do this. Right. But, and that would also depend we would look at the next week and say, okay, we're going to this country and we have all these things we want to do. So we need to get this done now. But now it just looks like we get up and we kind of decide what we're working on that day. And we really kind of block time out. So like in the morning we have a dog. So we'll always walk our dog like in the middle of the day for like a really long walk. So we'll kind of have like before the walk and after the walk. Like, yeah, it's usually mornings and evenings is when we work. Yeah. 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 And then the middle of the day. To do, to go out and do stuff. Exactly. When we were traveling, we ended up having to like buckle down at the Fairmont for a week because we had a client that had a deadline and we had to get a bunch of stuff done. So unfortunately we didn't get to see as much of a luxury as we'd like because, you know, but that's the nature of remote travel. It's like sometimes you got to get some work done. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. I I think that's really important, but I, I think a lot of people don't have your experiences. So I thought it was important to ask. What accomplishments are you most proud of to date and why? Megan, do you want to start? Sure. I don't know. That's, a, that's actually a challenging question because I feel like I'm always, I'm never actually satisfied. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah. I'm laughing because I, I feel the same way. Yeah. But Quinn, like Quinn is really good at reminding me, being like, look at what you did and you accomplished. It's amazing. But for me, it's, it's still like you have a bigger goal in mind. I still have mm-hmm. like yeah such a bigger goal I'm still not there yet but with that said I mean I am really proud I started with no experience with strong body really no support like mentally emotionally any in any way financially financially anyway so like the fact that I was able to have it in over 200 stores internationally and I was able to like get these deals and get this investment with just really on my own was is something that I'm like really proud of. And I really persevered through like a lot of doubts and a lot of doubts that were cast upon me. 
if you're comfortable sharing, only if you're comfortable, like what doubts do you think were cast upon you? Oh, just like you're not good enough. How could you do this? Are you speaking specifically to being a woman in space or are you speaking to... Well, there's been situations. There's been a lot of situations like that for sure. Like we had some potential investment and Quinn came to me, came with me to the meeting. And just because it was in the early days, like he was still working in his job. He wasn't even doing Strong Body. And they were like, well, we think Quinn should be the CEO because people just take men more seriously and you would be really good as like the designer. <laughs> Brutal. And I was, I was, they were super sexist. What? I was just like, excuse me. And then, and I, I held my tongue and then we had another meeting and I just like laid into them and they're like, oh, it looks like the CEO showed up today. And I was just like, you like are people I would literally never work with because you just don't have a clue. You think that these things don't really happen anymore, but they do so much. And it's just, it's really unfortunate, but it's just, the way of the world, I guess. Like, yeah, well, hopefully we're changing that slowly, right? By, by, you know, making that recognizable. I mean, there's still obviously a massive gender gap. There's still a massive race gap in terms of income equality, but hopefully we're we're still, we're still a long ways away though. I know I I completely agree, but I mean, I'm definitely not saying the problem's fixed. I'm just saying, I'm hoping that as we grow as a, as humans throughout the years that that kind of fades away that kind of mentality because a lot of it's ingrained and passed on it, it is so. it's an it's an older generation like these are two old men that we're referring to. those old men are going to have kids and then the kids are exactly gonna have kids. Like, so somewhere we have to figure out how to break it <laughs> as a woman or <clears throat> as a black person or as whatever it is that you're the situation that you're in it's a lot of the times we actually put ourselves in these boxes because that's what we've been conditioned to. Right. It's like the schemas that we're taught. So it is really challenging. Like there's a lot of times I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, like I cannot believe like I allowed this to happen or I can't believe I thought this was okay or normal. I mean, it, it is, was normal at the time, but like there's just so many situations where you look back and you realize you were also kind of a part of the problem because you didn't know any better and you were conditioned yeah. into that. Yeah. The bound, the, the boundaries thing, right? Like I'm, I'm yeah. trying to say like, this is what I'm willing to accept and this is what I'm not. And that's hard when you're young too. I think that's easier now that we're in our thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, when we're trying to get a career and there's that power dynamic of somebody who's already successful in their career, I couldn't imagine what that would be like for women, even for a white privileged male. It's still, I got to do whatever they say because I want to mm-hmm. impress them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's tricky. Well, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for taking the time and being gracious with your time. Our final questions. How would you like people's lives to change as a result of your interactions at work, at home, and online? For me, I would say I think I just hope that people will see like that we are making a conscious decision to steer our ship and that it's possible for anybody to make the choices to live the life that they want to live or, you know, like have the body that they want to have or have the health or whatever it is. There's a lot of decisions we make each and every day and you can really steer your own ship, whatever direction you want that to be. You don't have to just go with the flow. People should do whatever makes them happy and whatever that is, is something very different to each person. It's really important that people take conscious action to get there coming back to you guys mentioning like meditation and that sort of thing. It's just, there's so much noise out there in the world. You know, you need to disconnect sometimes and just take the time to, 
to think freely and not be influenced by by the media and by what other people are sharing and saying on social media and Mm -hmm. live a healthy life and live your best life and and do what it is that you truly want to do and not what you think that you should do yeah that's that's powerful yeah can you say that last piece again I think it's really important that people do whatever it is that they want to do and not what they think they should do because there's just so much noise out there in the world and there's so many influences from your parents and from your friends and from what other people are sharing on social media and what you see in the news that unfortunately a lot of people aren't taking the time to kind of just block out all that noise and whether it be meditation or just getting out in the forest for a walk where you can just like think freely. Awesome. If people want to engage with you in your work, where can they find you online? I guess the first place would be check out the branded. So that's www.thebranded.ca. And there's like we mentioned before, there's lots of great uh, free marketing uh, and business tips and hacks there for you. And you can also check out our travel blog, escapetheordinary.ca. Not yet launched. Maybe by the time they listen to this podcast, it'll be live. Excellent. And yeah. on social media, Escape the Ordinary and The Branded? Or what is yeah, that Yeah, so if, they, if, they go to our, if you go to our website, thebranded.ca or escapetheordinary.ca, the social links will be on there. That'll take you directly there. Um, but the handles are the same. We have Pinterest. We have YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. The All the branded. fun stuff. We the, got brand, the branded is at the branded agency on Instagram. Okay. And the right. escape of the ordinary. Unfortunately, we had to change it because for what was available. It's uh, escape the ordinary life. Is the yep. handle. Great. I'll put them in the show notes. Thank you very much, Megan. And thank you, Quincy, for allowing me to discuss how to scale a business working remotely and escaping the ordinary. I look forward to chatting with you guys when you're traveling the world. Take care, guys. Okay, thanks, Sean. Hello, everyone. Sean again. I wanted to take this time to say thank you. We have reached listeners from around the world, across five continents, 18 countries, and 68 cities. Without humans like you listening to this podcast and allowing me to interview you, this would not be possible. If you enjoy this podcast, would you please consider leaving a short review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts? It takes less than 60 seconds, and it really makes a difference in helping me reach more listeners and guests. Also, please subscribe. This means that you'll learn from humans who are doing amazing things at home, at work, and online. See you next week.